You're listening to a Trav Market Media Network podcast, a podcast designed for you, the travel professional. Is there something you would like to hear or do you have feedback? Please write to us at podcast at travmarketmedia.com. Again, that's podcast with an S at travmarketmedia.com. Hi, it's Megan, host of Travel Radio Podcast, a proud member of the Trav Market Media Podcast Network. Would you take a moment now to like, subscribe, and review the podcast? You can also reach me at info at travelradiopodcast.com, or you could reach the network at travmarketmedia.com. Travel professional or aspiring professional traveler, I'm so thankful you tuned in. Now, let's dig into where our ears will travel today. Hello and welcome to Travel Radio Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chapa. And today, kind of a last minute recording, but great because it's current, actionable advice from a fellow podcaster on the Travel Market Media Network of Podcasts. Welcome back to the podcast, Teresa Chu Bermudez. Thanks for having me again, Megan. Yeah, where are we going today? Uh, I would love to take you on a trip to Aruba with me. Yes, and this is going to be a very current advice because you just got back, is it yesterday or two days ago? I got back on Saturday back in the U.S., but I wasn't back at home until um, about Sunday, I think. I, the days are all mixed up together, but I was just there in Aruba last week. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, for people that may have heard your last several episodes, you uh, were recently on talking about um, uh I guess planning a first trip or considering, you know, how to, you know, consider planning to Japan, which was really neat. There's some really cool things there that I didn't, I wasn't aware about and now are on my list. Mm -hmm. So I hope people found that helpful. And then the other one was kind of a cruel trick that I played on you (laughs) that you, (laughs) when I said, Hey, let's talk about our top three reasons to visit Scandinavia. And then I ended up giving you a pop quiz instead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I am always up for a challenge, so I'm glad you just kept me on my toes. (laughs) You did great. You did great. You really know your stuff. Um, And that's um, just to for people who may be new to listening to the podcast, that's the goal of my guests on the podcast is to have credentialed experts, whether they're working in tourism or maybe they're an author or historian or an archaeologist, whatever they are, they're credentialed guests that can give you good advice, actionable advice. And maybe they're even a travel professional like Teresa, and you might even want to do business with them. Or if you're a travel advisor, you might ask them for some advice for one of your clients. So that's the goal of the guests on my podcast. And so today we're going to get some actionable, um, really close to real time advice for the island of Aruba. So where should we start? Should we start on entry requirements? Yeah, let's start there. Um, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, you keep saying actionable steps. And to me in my head, I'm just thinking, the actionable step that I would take is just to go to Aruba, like take that action. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But prior to COVID, I did a lot of um, custom trips to, you know, Europe and Japan, which is why our previous topics were on those destinations. But, you know, because of COVID, our offerings or our options have been incredibly limited. Hmm. And one of the few places that Americans can still travel to is the Caribbean, which is why, I invested this time to go to Aruba and 
um, you know, basically experienced the island. I've heard so many great things about it and I've never been because it was just mm. not something that I offered. And so I didn't really invest that time. So I went, it was with the Aruba Tourism Board. They have this amazing agent program mm. um, where they have travel agents go there and they can experience it. Um, and you so really did. Your pictures were so fantastic. I did. Can you tell <laughs> people your you. Instagram I, handle because they need to go see them? Uh, <laughs> um, the Instagram handle is Get Out Custom Travels. And they were on my stories, but I will be posting them in my actual posts uh, within the next week or so, just slowly summarizing the entire experience of mm. the week. But I tried to keep everybody updated throughout the week just so they know what it is that I was doing. And I wanted to take advantage of my week there. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of um, experiencing different tour companies for excursions. And I stayed at two different hotels. So it was a really great experience to get an all-around look at this island. And yeah. Aruba is not that big. Like from one end of the island to the other, I think it's like 70 miles. It's quite small, but there's a ton of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, the entry requirements to get in is you need to show a negative COVID test at the airport. So within 72 hours of arriving in Aruba, it's highly recommended you do the test beforehand. You can also have the option of getting tested upon arrival. Um, and then you would just need to quarantine until the results are in. So the mm. cost for them to test you at the airport is $75. So some people elect to do that. But for me, I wanted to get right into the action. So I tested um, within that 72-hour window. Yeah. Um, and so... And let me throw this out get, real yeah. quick. The, and, and I think that they're still doing this. You have to go verify pixel test. It's by LabCorp. It's mailed to your house. You do a nasal swab of your own. You don't have to have your brain scraped. You send it out. And I think they give you a code for which you can see your tests then online and print them out. So it's anonymous and it's free with a government grant. Or if your insurance covers it, they'll take your insurance payment. So it's at no cost to you and it can be sent right to your house and you get the results. I mean, my neighbors have all done it because they were asking me who to use and they got the results in like Mm -hmm. 32 hours or something. So free to your home, no brain scraping. So there's my plug for Pixel. Well, I will say like there, (laughs) I mean, that is an option, but you have to be very careful with the destination and what kinds of tests they're willing or able Uh. to accept. So the mail-in kits are not, they're not one of the ones that they would accept as the negative COVID test. Ignore me, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a great option for places that do accept that, um, but it's important to go to the destinations um, tourism board website or even their government website to figure out if they have those restrictions in place. So they had a list of um, accepted swab types, a list of accepted test types as well. Um, so just to keep that in mind for whenever you're traveling anywhere that requires a negative COVID test. Okay. Um, but that was really easy to get in. Like once you're in, they will give you this little sheet of paper at the airport that says that you have been approved to go into Aruba and you need to present that sheet of paper. It's a little card. Actually, you need to give that card to the hotel where you're checking in. So they know that you've already passed. And you didn't need to quarantine in your room. Right. So that's a really cool thing that they, they have added in. Okay, cool. And then um then okay, so now you're at the airport, you've gone you've gone through and um you you have gone to your hotel and then at the hotel you don't have to quarantine. So what 
what is it like as far as are your rooms sealed? Is there a mask requirement in the country? What's that like? Aruba has very strict COVID protocols. And um, while I was there, they had a curfew. You have to be in by 10 p.m. at night. So there was no late night activities. Um, Restaurants closed by 9 to give their staff enough time to clean and get home before 10 o'clock. And that was all well and good for me because we did so many activities during the day that I was exhausted by like right. seven thirty, eight o'clock and just wanted to go to bed. <sighs> um, but I believe that is in flux because they are going to extend the um, the amount of time or they're going to extend the hours of how late businesses can be open. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind if you're looking to travel to Aruba. Things are constantly in flux, but... Um, they had a curfew in place while I was there, and they really enforced the social distancing as well as the mask wearing. Okay. Um, and a large part of that is because the island is so small, there's only one hospital there. Oh, and wow. tourism is a huge source of income. Like, it's the main source of income for Aruba. So they can't really afford to have a COVID spike. Mm. So um, they really want to keep COVID in check. And at some places, they do um, some contact tracing. So they'll ask you um, to fill out a form. One place that we went to had a form. It was optional. You could fill out where you're staying, um, your room number, what date you went into the restaurant, what time. So in case there was anyone who was in the restaurant at that time who ended up testing positive for COVID, Mm -hmm. they know how to reach you to let you know that Mm. you've been potentially exposed. And that was at a specific restaurant that they were asking you for that? Um, Yeah, that was at one of the restaurants that we went to. At other restaurants, they'll ask you, you know, what hotel are you staying at? But Mm -hmm. not every single one was asking you that. Just certain restaurants that, you know, wanted to have that kind of protection in place. So were you able to do any indoor activities? Were you doing museum tours or was it mostly outside? I mean, they have fantastic weather, so I don't know that... Yeah, so so we did do some indoor things like shop and things like that. I didn't do any museums. Um, I did want to do a lot of the outdoor stuff that Aruba is known for, like, you know, going snorkeling, catamaran rides, doing UTV tours, um, things like that. So uh, I didn't really add a lot of indoor stuff aside from being in a hotel and, and um, you know, shopping. Gotcha. Is there much of a shopping scene there? In downtown, um, there there are a lot of shops, and Aruba was a very big cruise port as well. Right. So in the downtown area, it's also the cruise port area. So you have a typical look of what cruise ports look like, you know, with a ton of shops and stuff like that. But if you go in a few more streets, that's their downtown, and they have really beautiful Dutch architecture-inspired buildings, and the shops are in there. So I didn't shop so much at like the larger stores, like larger international brands. I shopped sure. more inside on Main Street. And you, uh, your pictures, I mean, even just to go in and view the architecture, they're like, mm-hmm. it's the structure, the architecture is gorgeous, but then the, the colors that they chose to paint the buildings are so yeah, striking. Beautiful. There's, it's and nothing the thing boring. Is- no, not at all. And the thing is, like right now, there even though it was more crowded than I expected, it's nowhere near pre-COVID numbers. So mm-hmm. we were on Main Street, and there were very few people out. And so I was able to get some really great photos 
yeah. of those buildings without a huge crowd of people. And you've been taking photography classes, right? I have not. I took one in college <laughs> my senior year because I had ah. already done all my necessary credits for my other classes. Oh, so nice. I just took photography then and it was like a dark room kind of thing where you learn how to develop photos. So it was, you know, that kind of photography class that I've always loved ah. doing photos and stuff on vacation. So it was more yeah. of a hobby. I th- Well, I mean, you have the credentials to be an influencer now, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I saw on um, one of your stories that you were do- practicing doing like flat, flat lay shoots or something. Um, I, oh sorry. yeah, that was like a workshop. That was a workshop mm-hmm, that okay. I took. I don't know, like a few weeks ago. And it was like a fun thing that was part of my networking group in in Tampa. So a photographer just put a workshop together for us. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, Aruba's known, their slogan is one happy island. Um, So tell me what made you happy on the island? Everything. And (laughs) I'll, I'll preface this by saying that I am a skeptic when it comes to claims that other people make about certain destinations. So, you know, I know the tagline for Aruba is like one happy island. And I'm like, okay, we'll see about that because I can always nitpick at things and be like, well, I mean, I don't want to be like the Debbie Downer, but I'm always looking for the entire picture, not just what's on the surface. Sure. And so, you know, when we took our transfer to our hotel, the gentleman who was driving the, the car was telling us that, 70% of the people who visit Aruba are return guests. Mm. And I'm like, really, really, let's (laughs) see after this experience if I want to return to Aruba. And Megan, I will tell you right now, I will return to Aruba next week if I have the chance to do so. It was just so much fun. It was Mm -hmm. a mixture of relaxation with a lot of adventure things to do, um, amazing food. The people are so nice. And I am typically like a very anxious and stressed person. Mm. Um, but being there, you know, you'll be in situations where let's just say you're waiting for some uh, tour company to pick you up and, you know, they're running a few minutes behind or, you know, they're having a hard time finding you. And obviously in that situation, we're often stressed out, but everyone's like, don't stress. It's okay. Don't worry. They'll find you. You're on vacation. It's one happy island. And (laughs) I believed it, you know, like you felt it and it's so authentic and so genuine the way they're just very kind, very warm. And it was so easy too to just rent a car and drive around for a day in Aruba. That's interesting. I mean, this is a great, mm-hmm. I hope that statistic is correct. And it's really quite the testimony. Like if you, I mean, you need to get someone to the island one time and you have like, I don't know what, a 70% chance that I'm, don't, I didn't major in statistics, folks. Don't, you know, don't judge me. But <laughs> I mean, if, if their return rate is like, I don't know, whatever it is, that's incredible. That really speaks highly about yeah, it. And- it, it, it really does speak a, say a lot about the island. And one of the questions that's often asked to visitors is, is this your first time on the island? And for me and my sister, uh, it was a yes. But for a lot of other people who were asked that question, they were saying, no, this is my fourth time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Amazing. Yeah. And then they're known for their beaches. They have quite a few beaches. 
can you talk about they some have of the different beautiful beaches? Yeah, because and they and they have different characteristics from from one side to the other. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, sure. So on one end near downtown, there really isn't a beach since it's like a port area for cruise ships. Mm-hmm. But if you go on to the other side of the island, there are a bunch of different beaches and the water everywhere you look is going to be a turquoise color. It's so beautiful. Um, the biggest difference in location on the island is um, the level of wind you might get. Okay. And I will tell you right now, the wind in Aruba is no joke. No joke. I couldn't leave my hair down for an entire day for long because it just got blown everywhere. Um, so, <laughs> and we have curly hair, on, so that would have been uh, quite yeah, the yeah, feat. Like it was tangled. You'd have like a huge dread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are areas of the island where the wind is less strong, and so most of the resorts and stuff will be on that side. Um, so. And going around, I think one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was how it's part desert on okay. one side, and mm-hmm. then you look to your other side, and it's like ocean waves crashing on the cliff. Oh, interesting. And during the UTV tour that um, I took, I said, wow, probably like 50 times. Like, you would round a corner, and I was like, mm. wow. <laughs> or you'd go over a little hill, and I was like, wow. <laughs> There's so many cool things to see. And, you know, having traveled a while now and seen a lot of things, I feel like, tell me if this is something that you experienced too, that it's, it's hard to be impressed by things mm-hmm. anymore or as often as when you first started. Um, and so being able to experience something new and be truly impressed by it, like I kind of miss that feeling sometimes. And being able to feel that in Aruba was just, you know, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and I wonder if now that we all get to go back out, um, if if very small things will make us all say, well, but um, that's I, very true. <laughs> but I believe that you experienced that in Aruba because I've heard that before and I've done one other podcast mm-hmm. on Aruba and people just say it's striking and, and the characteristics are very different from one place to the, to the next. So that's uh, for nature lovers. That's really good to hear. Um, now you mentioned the resorts. Do you want to give any properties a shout out? Who hosted you? Um, so the first hotel was the Renaissance. And so we sit in their Marina tower, which is their adults only tower. And they have a pool that that's adults only. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a family friendly side called ocean suite. Okay. And they're going, they're undergoing renovations at ocean suites. I think they'll be done next year, but the Marina tower, the renovations are already done. So okay, great. we were able to stay in that area. Yeah. And so the cool thing about Renaissance is that they have their own private Island called Renaissance Island. Oh. And that's where I got the photos of the flamingos on the beach. Yes. So were you feeding them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a little, um, it looks like one of those, like, candy machines or something you put a quarter uh-huh. in and like this bird feed will come out and so they just go up to you with the with the bird feed and but you don't have to for you to be close to them hmm. so it just helps to have some kind of food yeah and appropriate food it's not like breadcrumbs appropriate food yeah exactly that's good that's good and they're yeah, so funny so, the way they walk it's like they, is that really are. how your leg operates <laughs> like god was really yeah. creative when he worked this one out like, yeah <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so it was great. Like you took a little boat ride from the dock that was at the resort 
And it kind of makes it for the fact that the Renaissance isn't on a beach mm. since they're in the downtown area with a port. Their island really makes up for that. Oh, um, and the second hotel I stayed in was called Amsterdam Manor. And that was on the beach. Um, it was on Eagle Beach. And the architecture at Amsterdam Manor is very Dutch inspired. So I really like that unique vibe to, to that property. Now, I can't remember. I, I don't think either of these properties are, but there, there's no all-inclusive resorts in Aruba. Is that correct? There are all-inclusive options. So it's not, you know, there isn't one resort that's like your typical all-inclusive. However, if you choose to book it with the all-inclusive option, you can do that as well. Okay. However, however, I would not recommend doing that if you can, because the food in Aruba is so good that I feel like it would be doing yourself an injustice if you didn't get mm. the opportunity to go off the resort and try different restaurants. Yeah. And you, I saw, okay, tell us about the fish experience. With the baskets uh, like the, of fish. The, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my, one, this is on my top, I would say like my top 10 favorite dining experiences ever. Okay. It's at this one restaurant called Zerovers, which is, which means pirate. And so, um, it's not on a lot of people's lists that you need to make reservations for because they don't take reservations. And yeah. this is something, this is a place that, that I heard from like a local person. Locals would go eat there as well. Great. So what you do is you pull up and they have a window and every day they have fresh catch of fish and shrimp. So I just went up to the window and I said, what, what fish do you have for today? And so that day they had red snapper and mahi mahi. Hmm. You'll know what you want, how much of each you want. And so they'll weigh it and you pay for it by pound. So we got red snapper and we got shrimp. Yeah. You pay for it. I think like, Altogether, the food itself was only $25. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then what they'll do is um, they have a little outdoor kitchen. They'll just fry everything, like flash fry everything. It's not greasy. They don't bread it. Yeah. Um, and then that's your food. And the fish is not filleted, so you're basically eating the whole fish. I was going to ask Which you how amazing. you ate some of them because some of them, like, I, I wouldn't know how to start. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You just, you just dig at it. Um, and so the the drinks, though, it, the, it's a separate window for the drinks. So while I was waiting for the food to be cooked, I went up and I ordered um, a beer for myself, a beer for my sister. And I saw that there was a minimum of $10 needed to charge it on a credit card. Right. So I was like, okay, I'll throw in a, a, a can of Coke, you know, just to make it close to $10. Sure. And so... He rings it up, and I think, like, with those two bottles of beer and a can of Coke, it was, like... Not enough. Eight, no. It was, it was like, $8 or <laughs> for, for that. And he was like, you need to add another beer. And I'm like, okay. And I think each beer was only, like, $2 and change. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, That's this perfect. is why the locals come here to watch soccer, to drink beer. It was the cheapest meal we had in but Aruba, but fresh. one of the most fun. Yes, it was amazing. It was so fresh. Yes, it was so good. That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah. I, one of the things that we really enjoyed living in England was just going to like all these little beach towns of which there are, you know, thousands because it's an island. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, you know, find the chippy that there's a line at. Uh, chippy is like the fish and chips guy. And it's whatever's coming off the dock. 
and they're mm-hmm. just cooking and they wrap it in newspaper and they hand it to you. And that is a greasy, crazy mess, but it is amazing. So <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's awesome. That's really good. Okay. So we have a fantastic food story. We have some good hotels. We have some beaches. Is there, is there another excursion activity or dining experience you want to share with us? So there are a couple of very unique experiences in Aruba. So one of them, there's an ostrich farm there and it's owned by Dutch, like a Dutch family, I think. And you can go there, learn about the ostriches, feed them. And if any of y'all had seen my story, I'm not big into birds. (laughs) Um, They're a little bit scary to me. I mean, ducks are fine because they're very slow moving and, you know, all that stuff. But for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of birds. And to have like the biggest land bird or yeah. the biggest bird in general, like the biggest species of bird yeah. and, you know, being close to them, feeding them, like I was not about it, but my sister loved it. And our photos are so <laughs> different. She's there smiling, enjoying her time. And they're like, I'm done. Like, I don't need to stay here anymore. But for a lot of folks, it's a really interesting experience to have. And since it's so easy to drive around the island, many people will add this to their road trip itinerary for the day. Um, But one place I did love was the Donkey Sanctuary. Oh, great. That was one of my, yeah, that was one of my favorite places. And I went to the website to look up information about, you know, entry fees, whatever it is. And it's free to go into the Donkey Sanctuary. And they had mentioned that if you'd like, you could bring carrots and apples to give the donkeys as treats. So, of course, Esther and I bought some carrots, and we went over there, and uh, I was reading the signage when we first got there just to make sure I was feeding them correctly or, you know, doing things that I was supposed to do and not breaking any rules. Yeah, good. And so it said, if you brought treats for the donkeys, please make sure you feed them either in the parking lot, like they have these fences, you feed them through the little fence. Yeah. Or go to the visitor center where they have a similar fence structure to feed them. Okay. And I'm like, okay, we'll walk over to the visitor center and then we'll feed them there. That way we can visit the visitor center. Oh, great. So they're walking from the parking lot to the visitor center. Um, one donkey smells the carrot <laughs> and starts running up to my sister who was holding the bag of carrots. And that donkey like stuck on my sister like glue <laughs> until we got to the visitor center. And as we, and like, these donkeys just started, they're like, oh, someone's got treats. And they started, you know, crowding around us. And I'm like, this is why you feed them right. through a fence. Otherwise, they're going to get mauled. Yes, you're going to get trampled. they were so cute. Oh. They were so cute, though. They love the carrots. And the volunteers there are so nice. And their Instagram is hilarious because... You know, they'll show their, you know, renovations of the sanctuary, what the donkeys like to do. You can tell the donkeys are very well cared for. They're oh, well fed and yeah. um, they're very happy. And um, I bought some souvenirs um, at the souvenir shop there just so I could support the sanctuary as well. Yeah, great. They put it in this brown, yeah, they, we, we put it in, they put it in this brown paper bag. And so I started walking from the visitor center back to the parking lot. And the donkey started following me and wanted to know what was in the bag because they thought there was food in the you bag. You were holding out on them. And, yeah, they're like, what do you have? I want it too. And I thought it was going to be like dogs, you know, when you have things in your hand, they'll smell it. And then if it's not food, they'll leave it alone. So right. I thought it was like that. So 
I didn't really try to hide the bag because I'm like, the dog people smell there's no food in there and then they'll leave it alone. I was wrong. That's so The donkey funny. that was walking closest to me bit one of the corners of the brown bag <laughs> and ripped it open. All my souvenirs fell out. <laughs> and I was like busy picking up like the mugs we had bought and they were trying to grab the brown bag. Um, so and I was like trying to push them away. They were not you know, mean or aggressive, they were just very adamant about finding out what was in the bag. <laughs> so I just easily pushed them to the side and I'm like, nope, nope, it's not food. And I made it to the car just fine. But it was such a fun experience to have. And I wish I had brought a truckload of carrots. Like that oh was gosh. what I felt leaving, leaving the donkey sanctuary. Yeah. I, man, if I were them, I would so try, I mean, even charging two bucks. Like that's a great yeah. thing to support, but oh, that's mm-hmm. exciting and that's funny that they're, you know, they're so persistent yeah. and curious. Yeah, Do yeah. You know? and, 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 Go ahead. And seeing like donkeys kick each other to get in the front, like you always hear about donkey kicks. I I don't think I've ever seen donkey kicks in real life, aside from like the the exercise you do at the gym, right? Um, but. I saw these donkeys like kick each other to get out of the way. And it was the most adorable thing, like just to see their behavior in person. How do they get the donkeys? I think people have brought them to the island um, years ago to just do work on the island. Mm -hmm. So they were like work donkeys and then they didn't need them anymore. And so they just needed a place to retire. I'm not really quite sure exactly, but I know originally they were used to do work around the island. It's interesting. It's interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not like a cultural thing to do on the island, but I do love to support things that support animals. So that's cool. That's it. And their personalities yeah. crack me up. <laughs> so much personality. <laughs> All right. So what about... Um, you know, any other excursions you want to speak about? I mean, those were the ones that I did. I mean, I, the day I think I enjoyed the most was the day that I rented the car. It was a Jeep Wrangler, a four by four, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into the national park on the Island. And there are many places where you have to have a four by four in order to actually go into that area. So um, rented it and drove the Island the entire day. And that was the day that we went to that zero birds restaurant. Yeah. And to be able to see the Island from that perspective was amazing. And it was so empowering. Yeah. Cause normally driving someplace new is very stressful, but in Aruba, it was so easy driving because everyone's just very easy going. No one's really in a rush. And the only time that you would get honked at is if you let someone in into the road and they would honk at you to say thank you oh, and not like honk at you to be mean to you. And that's, I'm all about that. I am yeah. all about that kind of driving. About the aggressively using your horn honking or the friendly accepting honking? The, fr- the friendly <laughs> accepting honking. It was just like, thanks or hey, how you doing? Or, you know, it's just nice. It's what I oh, think man. the horn should be used for unless it's a dangerous situation. But yeah. it was just so nice being able to have that freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was afraid of getting lost. But I looked online at I was doing research on driving in Aruba. And they said, if you get lost in Aruba, 
don't worry because you won't be lost for long. Right, the island say, is so small. <laughs> if you keep driving that path, it's gonna it's a circle. It connects, right? Well, not yeah. quite a circle, mm-hmm. but you get it. That's awesome. And yeah. then, are you driving on the right or the left? You're driving on the right. So everything about driving is the same as you would be in the U.S. Okay, great. Um, and I believe there are only two traffic lights on the entire island. It's just mm. a bunch of roundabouts in Aruba. Mm. And I only saw one traffic light and it wasn't working. So, okay. so yeah, it's yeah. very easy to drive. <laughs> That's really good because I, I get nervous about driving new places also. I mean, when we moved to England, I didn't drive for six months because I just needed to like oh, wow. essentially acclimate. And then right. they don't get a lot of snow or ice. And so one day it snowed two days in a row and there was probably oh gosh. an inch of an inch and a half of like chunky, icy things on the ground. And, <laughs> and the, and the people of Oxford were not driving. And I said, this is the day I'm learning to drive because I'm from the Northeast. This is no problem for me. Uh, and so you're so, used to it. <laughs> exactly. So that was the day I learned to drive and I went everywhere that day. And then after that, it was a piece of cake. Oh, wow. But you know, yeah, it's, I get nervous driving new places. So that's good for me to know because I like to get out and explore off the resort property. Yeah. But it would be empowering yeah. to know that it's, you know, uh, I, what should I say? I don't want to say consumable, but like manageable, manageable is mm-hmm. probably the, the most basic way to say that. So, yeah. Well then, um, I, I, before we go to, you know, um, exit requirements and re-entry requirements to the United States, do we want to cover anything else? Um, I think I've covered a lot of what I really mm-hmm. enjoyed about the island. Cool. All right, good. Well, then let's go to exiting the country and getting back into the U.S. So you'll need to have a negative COVID test, and the antigen test will be sufficient for re-entry into the U.S. Okay. And on the island, there are more than a few testing centers. I think there are about like six or seven. Um, so we went to one of the clinics near our hotel um, on Eagle Beach, and I believe it was like $50 for an okay. antigen test. And they had it to you within 24 hours. They oh, just wow. email it to you. It was super easy. And um, you can even email your hotel and ask them if they have any that you that they would recommend to you. Some of them have partnerships with them where they will expedite your results or prioritize your results. Hmm. Um, and the one we went to didn't require reservations or um, an appointment. Okay. But I think the hospital, if you decide to go to the hospital for a COVID test, that requires an appointment. So um, I would say just check with each place mm-hmm. to see what those requirements are. Yep. Or if you have a travel advisor, they're going to set it up for you. Or anyway. that. So there you go. <laughs> Boom. All right. And then, um, you know, coming back into the States, what was that like? Did you have to fill out any, you know, contact tracing or how did that go? We flew American. And so American has this app called Verify. So my sister just filled it out for the two of us. You can do it per party. Um, and then you just upload your negative COVID test on there. Um, and when you get to the airport, they will just check that you have a negative COVID test. They don't really look at any of the other details at the airport. Mm. And one thing I will say is you will go through um, U.S. Customs and Immigration in Aruba. Okay. Versus like in the U.S. So. Yeah, very similar to when you're in Ireland, you do you go through U.S. Customs and Immigration in Dublin or Shannon, wherever you're flying out of. Um, so once you get to the U.S., you're you're good. Like you don't have to go through customs there. So I would say give yourself a little bit more time 
um, when you're in Aruba upon your return, just so you can get through that line. Okay, great. That's really good tips. And then as far as American goes, I mean, it's back to flying like normal, pretty much. Is that correct? Yes. So the flight, (sighs) both flights that we took were full. Oh, wow. I mean, I kind of expect that that's what it's going to be like for the foreseeable Mm -hmm. future, almost anywhere. There's just, and I know probably in your travel business, you're seeing it, but I interview and work with a lot of travel professionals and it just seems like the rush is on. Is that what you think? Yeah, for sure. People are wanting to get out of their homes. They're they're done. They want to travel now. Yeah, me too. I, Joe gets his second vaccine this week. I get mine next week, and then I feel like we're going to be invincible. I mean, we have some backed-up family things to do domestically. I don't think that we'll get mm-hmm. abroad very much this year. I'm not sure, but at least as a family. But, um, yeah, but we're right. we're ready. We're ready for sure. I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. is ready. Well, this is good stuff, and I'm glad that you, you know, wrote to me about this. And I'm starting to get more people doing that, saying I'm I'm doing this thing right now. I'd love to share my experience, and I think that current relevant information, um, not just in, I mean, articles are really good. Articles are very good, but to hear it in someone's voice and in someone's experience and someone with the credentials um, and and background to be able to ex- assess the destination fairly, like yourself is important, an important story to capture. So I appreciate your time and for you contacting me about this because, one, I like you as a person, and two, it's good information <laughs> captured by an expert. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Megan, for your podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for your podcast. I love your podcast. And actually, let's <laughs> tell people what you go ahead. Tell people about your podcast. Go ahead. Uh, I co-host a podcast with my friend and colleague, Kareem Johnson. It is called The Tin Lounge and Tin stands for Travel Industry News, and we present the latest travel industry news, and it's geared towards travel professionals. Awesome. Yeah, and it's it's geared towards travel professionals, but if you're listening and you're just a traveler, you, you'll get something out of it, too. It's good stuff. So yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm just going to sign off then, and thank you for being my guest. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Megan. All have right. a great day. Yeah, you too. This is Megan Chab of the Travel Radio Podcast saying have a great day, and bye. my friend, have made a great choice by selecting this podcast. And there are other great choices like the Hey Travelpreneur podcast waiting for you at travelmarketmedia.com.